New Testament heroes. Continues. Great. That's fine. Okay, hallelujah. Yeah, Father, we thank you for Rob. We thank you for his diligence in seeking you and preparing this word for us. Father, we ask that he would know your spirit, that he would know your words, Father, as he speaks. And Lord, that we would open ourselves to hear from you as we look into your word and look at a New Testament hero and how we ourselves can reflect some greater goodness of your spirit into our world, into our families and our communities. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. I've got something. I feel that this morning has been a real God set up. Have you ever been set up by God? Because I, I just really believe God's just laid a tremendous set up for this word. Because my New Testament hero is a guy called Ananias. Okay, and some of you might say, who on earth is that? Okay, well, let's read about him in Acts 9, verses 10 through 20. I think you can put, put up a few slides there. Have you got the list, Chris? Waiting for you, Chris. Catch up with me. There, there we go, Ananias. And this, I'm sorry it's so small, okay, uh, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. It's Acts 9, verses 10 through 20. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in his synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. I chose Ananias for three reasons. You may well think that it was because he's only mentioned in 10 verses in the Bible. And it makes my job a lot simpler to prepare and share with you. But that is not true, uh, totally. Okay. There are three reasons. I'll give them straight at the beginning. Ananias experienced the but of God. Okay, the but God. He experienced it. And I'll explain. It's not his rear end. Okay. It's God's intervention. Ananias waves the banner for the ordinary Christian, okay? You can give me a wave if you think you're an ordinary Christian, 
Yeah, most of you. Who's a special Christian? Come on, you're going to get theological on me now, aren't you? Full of it, yes. But to me, he was, the, he was waving the banner for the ordinary Christian. And then thirdly, he became the channel for the but, but God into another person's life. Hallelujah. So let's have a look at the first one. Ananias and the early church, I've added a bit there, and the early church experienced the but God. The context of this is that the early church was exploding into the then Roman Empire. And it was spreading and people were coming to know the reality of this Jesus. Just as you've heard in the testimonies and the worship and the people just, Jesus is real. He's real. And this was explained. He was not a God who was afar off. He wasn't some religious figure represented by religious leaders who didn't lead the life. Okay? They were hypocrites. They were in it for position and power, and the people recognized. But this Jesus was different, and he was exploding across the scene. And many were turning to Christ, and many miracles they were seeing happen. Oh, Wendy. I think you, where is Wendy here? You, yeah, she, she's still here? She, she hasn't nipped out somewhere. Wendy, your middle name's Ananias. Okay? That lady with the abscess, you felt to go and pray, and you did something about it, and you went and prayed. And she was instantaneously almost healed miraculously because you went with Stuart and prayed. Sorry, Stuart, wasn't forgetting you. Okay, it was Wendy's idea, and she did sing about it. Ananias, except she's a bit more attractive than Ananias, I suppose. Okay, I've got to be careful because she's in food bank with me on a Monday. Okay, but. It was also a period of great persecution, with many Christians being arrested, imprisoned, and even put to death. And the chief protagonist was a guy called Saul, and he had authority from the religious leaders supported by the authorities in that, in that place to go and arrest, seek out Christians, arrest them, and get them put in prison, even put to death. He was the chief protagonist protagonist and he had come to he was on his way to Damascus on the hunt for more victims but God stepped in on Saul's way there and he was confronted by the risen Jesus who was the one incidentally that he was really persecuting interesting when we are persecuted as a believer it's not us they're really persecuting it's Jesus and Jesus will take care of the situation. Hallelujah. Acts 9.5 says on the road to Damascus, when, when Jesus confronted him, he, Saul said, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Interesting, isn't it? So when people persecute you as a follower of Jesus, they're actually persecuting Jesus and that's a scary thing I tell you scary thing the but God stepped in personally into the situation of this persecution and turned it right around by turning Saul right around hallelujah it's an interesting study to see the instances 
where and how God intervenes in the lives of his people and the situations they are faced with. I, I just put in, I, I have this Bible thing in my computer. It does all amazing things. And I put the phrase, but God in, and asked it to search the whole of the Bible. And it, it came up quite a few references, but stick with the phrase, not each individual word. And it actually gives you the instances where that is said in scripture, but God. And it's very interesting to see how God works in the lives of his people. As I said earlier, he's not a God who's afar off. God has come near in the person of Jesus. He will never, ever leave us or forsake us. He is there with us. He's there with each one of us today. I turn this one up just as an illustration. Psalm 23, verse 26 Okay, can you put that up? Yeah, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Now, I've experienced the but God many times in my life. And I'm sure that there are many of you, and we heard testimonies this morning, which is absolutely, Leanne, that is amazing. Did you see the lady who sat on your right-hand side? Your social worker was here, wasn't she? At the baptism. Wow, what was going through her mind at that gathering? Could it be that the but God stepped in through her as she was here experiencing the changes that God had made in your life? Knowing that there was a family of Christians here who would support you. I, re I recently found Hope as well, that she's actually a supervisor, so she's actually one of the big... Oh, she's a big wig. <laughs> okay, so, but God yeah. stepped in. Hallelujah. You've got testimonies of God stepping into your life, I'm sure, and we could, we could have a great year just, just sharing those testimonies, couldn't we? Thank you, God. As we face difficulties and testing times, and they were facing testing times, times that they didn't understand, why was God allowing this persecution to happen? But there was a but of God in the situation. As we face those difficulties and testing times in our lives, not only persecution, but also just life sucks at times. Life is not fair. At times, it is difficult. And we sometimes wonder where God's in it and why he's allowing it to happen. But God is there. And so often we discount God and we leave him out of the equation. But we need to be those, and I'm encouraging this morning, I'm encouraging myself to believe in the but of God to step in for us too. Do you need this morning the but God in a particular situation or a particular aspect of your life this morning I, I i just made a list of a few things as i was trying to listen to god and i wrote a few things down i put family falling out relationships might be estranged from children children might be estranged from one another your family life at home i don't know what your children are like it might be great might be stressed it might be that 
difficulties in the area of babies, okay? You're wanting a baby, you're wanting more. Um, I really sense that God wants to be the but God in that situation. I've put down difficulties in money, money difficulties, money problems. Um, you're struggling, you're, ang you're anxious about money. Um, could be, I, I've got car. I don't know if it's a car problem, car difficulties, or you're needing a car or, or whatever. I, I put that down as, as a situation that, that can have the butt of God in. Uh, job difficulties, either you haven't got one, or the job you've got, you're frustrated in, you're struggling in, you're not realizing your uh, ambitions in it, whatever. Could be your health, okay? And that health is not just physical, it can be emotional as well, okay? That there are emotional difficulties you're experiencing, uh, stress levels are really struggling to, to cope with situations. I've got uh, persistent areas of sin, that's a bit you know, jargon, isn't it? But persistent areas that you know you shouldn't be in that stuff and you keep on falling. You keep on having to come back time and time again to ask Jesus to forgive you and you're fed up with yourself, okay? Usually you're feeling condemned all the time. Why can't, why? It needs the butt of God in. Does that speak to anyone here this morning? Because if it does, I'm going to ask you to do a brave thing. I'm going to ask you to stand up. Not which particular one. I don't need to say anything or identify anything. But together, I want the church to pray for you. Okay? I'll pray from the front, but if, you, if you're close to them, just reach out your hand towards them. I'm not going to encourage you to lay hands on them unless you've asked them and they've given you permission. Okay? Because it can be a scary thing. You know, for, particularly if you're new here and you're not used to someone plonking their head, their hand on, on your shoulder or whatever. So just put your hand towards them and together we will pray for the butter God. We won't know what the situation is and we're not going to try and guess, okay, the butter God. I'm, I'm just reminded, sometimes we're not very good at saying, God, give it me now. We don't, we don't step out in faith. And I'm reminded just of the stories of those two blind guys that were on the side of the street as Jesus was coming into town. And they, they heard that Jesus was there. And they started to yell out, Jesus, Jesus. And the people tried to shut them up. So they, they yelled out the more, the louder. And Jesus went to them and said, what do you want? And they said, please, we're blind. Can't you see? We're blind. I want to see. And Jesus healed them. But they had to be, they had to grab hold of Jesus. And I sense that sometimes we let Jesus passes by because we're too English, we're too polite, we're too concerned about what other people think about us, and it stops us, okay, our pride, is this floating around, it feels like it's floating around, yes it is, and we let Jesus pass, don't let Jesus pass by, don't let the but God pass you by this morning for the situation, so if you feel that you need the but God, in your life at this moment. I'm just going to ask you to stand, okay? If the whole church stands, that's great. But those who are not standing, I want you to look around and just reach out towards those that are standing, okay? And to be in faith for the butt of God to come in to their situation, 
We don't know what he's going to do, but we do know that God responds to prayer. Hallelujah. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the but of you coming into our lives and our situations. We believe, Father, that you're not a God who is far off, but you're a God who is a Father who loves and cares for us. And if we ask for good things, you will not deny them to us. Lord, we, 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 we speak out to these lives of these folks who are standing. Lord, we stand with them. Lord, we stand with them, we say, and we release the but God into their situations. And we believe that you will do miracles, that you will work things out, perhaps in unexpected ways, but you will do it because you're the but God. You're the but God. Come in, Father. Be creative. Lord, you're the one who created this world. You breathe life. You're the one who sustains this world. You sustain us. Lord, we're fearfully and wonderfully made by you. Lord, so come and step in whatever the situation, Father. Needs, relationship, healings, uh, mentally stressed out, Lord. Whatever the situation is, come in and be the but God. Father, that we might have testimonies. In Jesus' name and to your glory we pray. And all the people said, Amen. Let it be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Before we move on, I just wanted to actually do a little aside on persecution. Um, if we could do this. This was a, a picture, you know, some of you know that we're involved in an international charity chain now and we travel abroad and we went with Tarzan to Pakistan and this was one of the photographs I got there. And that's the church where we were uh, doing our, uh, our seminars and preaching in. And you see the armed guards, the barbed wire, Okay, persecution. It's very, very real. Persecution is still with us. Globally, can you put the next slide up? Globally, persecution is on the rise. Okay, we're told in the reports I've been reading, persecution is worse today than any time in history. Even in, in the time after the death and resurrection of Jesus. The persecution is worse today. Persecution is reaching levels as extreme as genocide. Okay, Christians are being targeted in over 144 countries for their faith. It's very, very real. I put up a, a list, next slide. These are the top 20 worst countries. It's a list compiled by Open Doors USA. It's not my list. Okay, I, I'm, I'm surprised that some of them are not surprised at others. You can look at them. Number one, North Korea. Okay, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, Sudan, Eritrea, Yemen, Iran, India is now coming at number 10. Real persecution going in there. We know we go there and we see what's happened. And we can't travel in some places, not because of the fear for our lives, but the fear for the believers' lives, what it attracts to them. Syria, Nigeria, that's increasing in Nigeria, Iraq, Maldives, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Uzbekistan, Myanmar, that's Burma, Laos, Vietnam. And 
sad to say that predominantly they're Islamic countries where it's very, very real and it's very, very costly. We travel into North Africa as well. I won't tell you the country because uh, we, you know, we don't want too many people to know. But we've met secret believers who are in fear for their lives if they say, I follow Jesus. Okay? It's very, very real. But we shouldn't be surprised. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 9, then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. And even in this country, we're beginning to see the rise of anti-Christian feeling. Yeah? People losing their jobs because they wear a cross. People losing their jobs because they offer to pray with people in their workplace. And so we see it increasing even in this country. Belgium is trying to formulate a new law taking out freedom of religion. Belgium. I mean, it's on the increase. It's on the rise. Even, and you know, you stand out for Jesus and you really will see some opposition coming in your direction. And Paul also said the same in 2 Timothy 3.12. He said, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Wow. Okay, so just saying that. So be aware, be praying, particularly for our brothers and sisters in other countries who are really, really struggling. They need to know that we're with them, we're for them, and we need to be active. Okay. So I just put that in there. But be confident that even in the face of all the persecution, we have the but God. We're on his side. Hallelujah. And we have guaranteed eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, that was just an aside on persecution. Let's look at the next one. Ananias waves the banner for the ordinary Christian. This is why it appeals to me. I spoke to Tim before and I was asking him how, how his uh, time down at Peterborough went celebrating TLGs. Uh, I don't know how many anniversaries it is, but you know, quite a while now. And I, I said, Tim, you're seeing all these great things happening. Are people hearing from what's going on in Portugal? I didn't know about that work. But there's stuff happening in Portugal. And I said, do you feel ordinary, Tim? And he said, yeah, I do. And I said, I do too. John, do you feel ordinary? An ordinary believer. Yeah, we do. Matt, Josie, we feel ordinary believers. And that's why Ananias is such an encourager. He gets one mention in the Bible. He does one thing. And it has such, such impact. So he's a, he's a banner waver for the ordinary believers. Most of us feel that we're unimportant in the great scheme of things. That others are somehow better than us. And more deserving of honor and recognition that we're just ordinary. However, I'm now going to disagree with myself because actually there's no such thing as an ordinary Christian because we have an extraordinary Jesus who lives in us and we have access to the very throne of God to bring our requests, to listen to him, to, to be uh, 
energized and sent out, commissioned by him as his children, as his ambassadors. We have power in the name of Jesus to pray for people with abscesses and see them healed. We have power to see people delivered from evil spirits and set free to follow Jesus. We have amazing power. And God says, everywhere you put your foot in my name, I will give it to you. Wow, we are extraordinary believers, but we feel ordinary, which is great. I, 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 I think that's wonderful to be in that humility. Ananias had experienced the but God in his life and become, it's referred to, it says, he had a disciple called Ananias. And I, I was thinking, you know, if someone was writing sort of additions to the Bible in these days, okay, how would he refer to me, one of these writers inspired by the Holy Spirit? Would he say, a disciple Robert, okay, or Rob? What would he say? What would he say about me? What would he say about you? Okay, just think about that for a moment. Would he, would he say a disciple and acknowledge you? What are your personal spiritual ambitions and goals? Okay, I'm not quite the oldest here. There's a few that are just a bit further. But what are my ambitions today spiritually? What am I going for in God? What are you going for in God? Yeah, Ben, in the middle of your A-levels. Is that what they call them nowadays? Oh, good, the same thing as they used to call them in my day too, long time ago. But what are you going for in God? Because God has designs for your life and plans for your life. But what are you spiritually going for? Those who've just become Christians, what are you going for in God? Man, hey, it's good to have spiritual ambitions and to go for them. To be a disciple of Jesus, which was a, a pupil of Jesus, a learner of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. Be a follower, I, I hope that when God refers to me, he's saying, there's my disciple, okay? When I became a believer, I had my own but God moment. I remember I'd, I'd just heard someone give a testimony in the college of how he'd come to know Jesus and how it had changed his whole life and given him purpose and meaning. And I thought as I heard that, that's what I want. And afterwards, it was a free afternoon at the college, and I, I was walking down the mezzanine floor, down the stairs out of the college, and I saw this guy there. And I thought, I'll stop and talk to him. But as I was stood waiting to talk to him, there was a few people around him, I thought, all my mates are going to see me. And I got embarrassed, so I walked out. And as I was going through the car park, the butt guard tapped me on the shoulder. And he said, this is too important a decision to let others make it for you. And I turned round and went back in. That was my butt guard moment. Okay, he stepped in. It wasn't the road to Damascus, it was the car park at Brighton Polytechnic. Okay, 
But I turned round and went back in and found out how I could know this Jesus. There are two scriptures that talk about the but God. It comes up, that expression. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. When Jesus went to the cross, that was the but of God for everyone in the whole world, then, before, and afterwards, and continuing. He died on that cross so that we could be forgiven and be restored into relationship with the living God. Hallelujah. And in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. If we continue to live lives to please ourselves and not God, We're on the broad road that leads to destruction. But the gift of God, but God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There is a narrow road that leads to eternal life. Life and it's all it was ever meant to be, what you and I were created for, to experience in God. There is the but God. For us. If you don't know this Jesus that we've been talking about and enjoying his presence with us today, then today is a great day to experience the but God in your life. And I would encourage you to speak to one of the huddy people and say, I'd like to know this Jesus. Can you tell me more? Yeah? They'd be thrilled. Let's look at the last one. Okay, somewhere in here it is. Ananias became the channel for the but God into another's life. He laid his hands on Saul who received his sight back and was baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm informed in the footnotes of the Passion Translation, I don't know if you're reading it, the name Ananias means God is merciful or an alternative, the Lord's gracious gift. Wow. So if you're going to have a baby, Ananias is a great name if it's a boy. Okay. God's gracious gift. The Lord's gracious gift. And it's, it's interesting that God sent Ananias to Saul. God's mercy. The Lord's gracious gift. And he laid his hands on him so he might receive his sight back and be commissioned, anointed by the Holy Spirit for the work that he was chosen to do. And I thought, you too can be the but God, the Lord's gracious gift into one person's life in this coming week. Okay? Might be someone close to you, might be someone that you haven't met yet, but you could be the channel of the but God into their lives. The lady with the, the but God. Yes? That's it's so exciting. This is what I love about Ananias, that we only have him recorded as speaking to one person and praying for one person, and it was Saul. And look at the impact that Paul had. John preached on him a few weeks ago. The impact he had, not just locally, but across the whole world and still has through his letters and his teachings that he has written for us. 
the impact he continues to have. I was, um, I was, got a, a WhatsApp this morning, uh, not this morning, but earlier in the week from a guy called Dr. Elvis Bugusu. He's in Burundi. You know we do income generation amongst poor communities. And we went there a, couple, a year and a half ago, I think, and um, we did some seminars, and there was a guy called Amiable. Okay, he's from Congo, same country as you. And he, he took our teaching, and as a student there, when he was in his final year, he started doing, seminar, uh, started doing projects to increase his income so he could pay his college fees. He also encouraged others in the community around him there in uh, Burundi to do it too. And I just got this message that Amy has now gone back to Congo and he's got 27 people doing projects there because he just passed on the teaching. Hallelujah. We just spoke to one person and it's been multiplied out into different countries. So we're working in Congo now. Amen. Hallelujah. But I haven't been there and I've no intentions of going there. Sorry about it, but okay. But God might have other intentions, who knows. But isn't it, isn't it great? Because we just spoke to one person and it's had this knock-on effect. The person that God wants you to speak to could be really key in, and, and do amazing stuff. Who knows? God knows. We don't know. All we've got to do is listen to God and be obedient and step out. Often what prevents us is fear, isn't it? Self-consciousness. We can wrap it up in nicer words. Self-consciousness. We don't want to hurt other people. We don't want to... And it's fear, okay? It's what if it doesn't work? What if it goes wrong? What if they don't want to listen? What if, if I offend them, etc.? And basically it's fear. We need to address fear in our lives that's preventing us stepping out and being the but God into someone's life, the channel of that but God. And I don't know, I, I, I have fear, okay? And there's good fears, which are warnings. Don't walk too close to the cliff edge or you might fall off. That's, that's a pretty good fear. But then there's inordinate fear that prevents us actually stepping out in what we know God would have us do. And those fears need to be addressed and broken in the name of Jesus. I did talk to my wife about this. Okay, could I share this story? We, I was, had a young baby in my hands. It was Pete, our firstborn. And I was taking him up on the ramparts of Richmond Castle. Okay, so I was going up the steps, not a great deal of railings at the time, but I had him secure in my hands, and my wife blew a gasket. You can't take him up there? What happens if he falls over the parapet? Blah, blah, blah. And suddenly this whole wave of fear was coming from my wife. Now, yeah, I can understand, be careful. Okay, don't drop him, he's precious, and, and that's... But this was inordinate fear, it was, it was wrong fear. And I spoke to her about it and said, I believe that this fear needs dealing with. And I stand against this fear in you, and I prayed against it. And I know that Jane went and spoke to some of the ladies in the church as well and prayed with her. And she was delivered from that type of fear. Okay? 
So if you're feeling that you're afraid to step out, it might not be just in talking to others about Jesus, it might be all sorts of realms, then I'd encourage you to get along with someone you trust who's understanding and has some wisdom and share the problem with them so that they can pray with you, okay? And stand with you in that and see that fear broken in the name of Jesus, yeah? Because we do not want fear to prevent us being the but God in the soul situations, in the Amy situations, in other situations, because we want to see God in their lives. Mother Teresa, and I'll finish with this, gave this advice. She said this, I never look at the masses as my responsibility. I look only at the individual. I can only love one person at a time. I can feed only one person at a time, just one, one, one. As Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of my brethren, you do it to me. So you begin. I began, I picked up one person. The whole work is only a drop in the ocean. But if we don't put the drop in, the ocean would be one drop less. Same thing for you. Same thing in your family. Same thing in the church where you go. Just begin. One. 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 That's the challenge that God is leaving us with this coming week. Just one. Look around. Look around before you dive for the coffee and the biscuits. Look around. Is that one already here? And you want me to go and talk to them? Just one. And who knows what the butt of God can do in their lives and where he can take them and the influence they can have in the kingdom of God. Amen? Okay, John, thank you.